Hey, what's up, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us today. I want to take a minute to thank our sponsor, Circle with Disney, for sponsoring this episode. Uh, Circle is actually a device we use in our home. It's this beautiful white box and a really user-friendly app designed specifically for families to help manage the content and time online for all the devices in your home. So it pairs with just about every Wi-Fi router, and then it recognizes every device that's connected to it. So whether you've got a tablet, a PC, a smartphone, a Chromebook, an iPad, iPhone, it doesn't matter. Matter. Uh, you can manage the content and filter content on every single device. You can even set specific profiles up for each family member. If you're interested in picking one of these up, you can actually go to meetcircle.com, type in the promo code DADTIRED, and that will give you $10 off and free shipping. That's a super good deal. Go to meetcircle.com, use the promo code DADTIRED to take $10 off and get free shipping. You guys, today I've got New York Times bestselling author Bob Goff on the show with me today. And man, this is such a motivating interview. If you need like a pick-me-up, if you haven't had enough coffee today, I promise you this is going to be a very motivating interview. Bob is so inspiring, man. He wrote the book Love Does, which like I said, was a New York Times bestseller. Uh, he just released a new book called Everybody Always, which is super good. You can actually listen to it for free. If you don't have an Audible membership, go to dadtired.com forward slash audible and you can listen to the audiobook version for free. Again, if you don't already have an Audible membership, that's a great way to listen to the book or pick it up on Amazon or wherever books are sold. It's super, super good. But man, at the end of this interview, I promise you're going to want to like run a marathon, start a business, go skydiving and all kinds of uh, other crazy things. He is so motivating and inspiring. So without further ado, here's my new friend, Bob Goff. All right, Bob. Well, thank you so much, man, for hanging out with us today. Uh, for our audience, tell us who you are and what you're up to these days. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. I'm Bob. I'm a recovering lawyer. I used to practice law for, I've had 30 years. I still got a piece of paper in a file cabinet somewhere that says I'm a lawyer in a couple states. But what we spend our time uh, doing now with Love Does is starting schools in conflict areas. So we got one in Uganda just finished a big civil war. We've got one in Iraq and Somalia. Hmm. We're uh, going into another country here in a couple months that <laughs> is right in the middle of it. Wow. <laughs> this is my, my farewell podcast um, <laughs> uh, in Nepal and India. And so that's what we do. We just go around starting schools and we love kids. And um, so we're just thinking if we can make small little steps, it might be helpful to somebody. Yeah. And you, so you've written a couple of books on that principle. Uh, one of them was called Love Does, which I know a lot of our audience has heard about. What? How did you go from being a lawyer to being a writer? Yeah, I don't know. I just I kind of lawyers spell like uh, lots of big, long words and argue with each other. And I thought, <laughs> what would be the simplest way to say something with the fewest words? So it's a great training for the people that are listening. Like you could go on to Twitter, or Instagram and uh, what I'll do in the morning, I, I haven't had a quiet time in 20 years. Mine are super loud. <laughs> and what I'll do is I'll just I'll read things that I think are uh, meaningful to me. And I'll say, how can I say that in the fewest words possible? Mm. 
hmm. and still be true and not give a Bible verse. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Right. We don't need to have that. It would be so lame if you asked me uh, how I was doing and you wanted to see my driver's license to right. prove who I was and then a birth certificate to know that I had kids. So you don't have to prove things. Just say things that are true. That would be a great uh, overarching principle for uh, many of us in society right now. <laughs> Amen, man. Preach. <laughs> Uh, your book did very well. Love Does did very well. And uh, it was read by, you know, a lot of people. At the end of that book, you put you actually put your phone number. What was your motivation behind that? Uh, yeah, the um, uh, the idea of availability. I don't think people follow vision. I think they follow availability and not like Twitter follow. I mean, like we're inspired by people that are available. Mm. Uh, I could read something that uh, somebody that invented something big or sent a rocket ship into the moon. Um, uh, that would be really interesting, but it doesn't impact me the way that availability does. And so, and I really learned this. It was a musician, um, Keith green way back in the day mm -hmm. and he died way too, uh, soon in a mm -hmm. airplane crash. But, um, I wrote to him when I was in college and he wrote me back a letter and it just had three sentences in it. And I don't even know what the sentences were. But it just meant so much to me that he took the time to write me three sentences. I get probably 250 emails a day and uh, wow. everybody gets three sentences uh, wow. and not the same three sentences. It's just like such a kind thing. And if you don't want to be available to people, but that's not bad. I just know that Jesus was uh, and just being available doesn't make you Jesus. It just makes you like him. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I'm aiming for. How could we have people feel? met and understood whether faith is a big deal for them or not. They just feel like that's just uh, polite where I grew up. Yeah. And what about for your kids? How did you, you know, you're a busy guy. How did, how did you find time to be available for them uh, as you raising young kids? Oh yeah. I have uh, all the things I live in San Diego with sweet Maria and we raised our kids here and I worked in downtown Seattle and I mm. flew up every morning wow. and I worked all day and I flew home for supper. <laughs> oh my gosh. Isn't that nuts? <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> <Just> downtown Seattle. <laughs> but there, the underlying principle is this, that you must be present to win. Yeah. And the lie sometimes is we can, as men and women, sometimes we get so busy trying to provide for our families that we don't end up providing for our families. Yep. So we, so we've, we're a, we're a podcast obviously aimed towards young dads There there are uh, thousands of young dads and husbands that listen to this podcast. And many of us relate to the statement or the sentiment that we, uh, we want to be good husbands and dads. We want to be spiritual leaders of our homes. Uh, but we didn't have a good example. Most of us did not have a good example of what that looked like. Cause our dad was either physically gone or just totally emotionally checked out. Um, and so one thing that as I've been reading through your books, I'm like just trying to cling on to any of the habits and rhythms that you mentioned in your book. One of them uh, that you talk about in your latest book is how you would when your kids turn 10 years old, you would tell them, where do you want to go? Uh, and you would literally take them wherever they said they wanted to go. What tell us why you did that and uh, any other rhythms that we can steal from you that might be meaningful for us as we're raising young kids. Oh, that's awesome. I was kind of thinking frozen yogurt until Lindsay said <laughs> London. Right. Um, so uh, for each of the kids, we'd call it a 10 year old adventure. And we would uh, when they turned 10, they got to 
spin the globe and do whatever they wanted to do. And uh, Lindsay wanted to go to tea in uh, London. So British Airways was opening up some new flight. It was like 50 bucks oh, round trip. Geez. And I'm like, I ate $100 of peanuts on the way there. <laughs> um, uh, Adam Goff wanted to ride uh, dirt bikes across the Mojave Desert, <laughs> which is just nuts. <laughs> and we saw we passed all these cattle skulls, and I thought they oh passed a skull that looked like me. Uh, <laughs> Richard wanted to climb the backside of Half Dome in, uh, in the snow. Uh, and so we waited till a big snowstorm blew into oh Yosemite. We drove up. And uh, and we climbed it. It was just like super fun. We just camped out, shivered. And um, so for each of the kids and then there's a, a young man we became the legal guardian of his, his big ambition. He wanted when he turned 10 to climb Kilimanjaro. <laughs> He's a little Ugandan boy. And so uh, so we climbed it. Yeah, he didn't get quite to the top, but almost. <laughs> are, are there are there any rhythms that you look back for your children and you're like, man, I'm glad I did that. Out of all the things that maybe you wish you would have changed, but are there some rhythms or habits or traditions that you were like, I'm I'm, I'm glad I, I stuck with that one. Yeah, everything except punishing them. Hmm. I would say just say that most people don't need words of correction. Mm-hmm. What they need is somebody to lead them on an adventure, mm. give them something better to aim for than all the wrong that they're pointing at. Mm. <laughs> so uh, Adam Goff, it was a great kid, but he was kind of done with high school uh, by his senior year. He was coasting and he brought me his class list uh, the first week or two of school. And he was like the ball monitor and teacher's pad. And he was totally, he was skating. He knew where he was going to go to college. And, and so, uh, so I made a deal with the principal. I said, make him take like two classes, like teach him how to spell the word cat. Uh, and then at noon every day, he would go to the, uh, local airport and he worked on his, uh, on his private pilot's license. So by the time he invited this gal to the prom, uh, he actually flew her over, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the coast and 10 buddies had spelled out like prom oh in the sand. Gosh. It was one of those prom proposals. And I'm like, what are you going to do when you get married? Like rent the shuttlecraft. <laughs> but, but you don't want bored young men or yeah. bored young women. Yeah. And so to put some big idea and he's stuck with it. I mean, he flies a biplane now. He does like hammerhead stalls. <laughs> oh he's gosh. nuts. So, but but that you find this thing and put a big ambition in front of them. And it wasn't just him, my daughter, my other son. Um, once they learned all the parts of a seaplane, they could name each part and what it did. Then they got to take one lap up in Canada. I've got this old seaplane and they flew it one lap <laughs> and landed it, took it off by themselves, landed. Oh and there's something like they'll leave, you know, 14 and come back 29. Mm-hmm. And there's something beautiful about that. Instead of telling people all the things that they ought to do, just let them know I trust you. Mm. Um, that's one of the beautiful things. I think that you could summarize the gospels in uh, so this beautiful interaction of Jesus. It wasn't always words of correction. Uh, even when he knew a guy would betray him, mm. <laughs> he, he was just with them. Uh, and that's the beginning of Matthew one twenty three. It said, uh, uh, you, uh, Mary will conceive and have a child and you will name the child Emmanuel. And then two senses later said, so they named him Jesus. <laughs> We don't get anything right. right. So the whole idea that just Emmanuel, like with us. Yeah. And so just be with your kids, but be not just in proximity to the people that you love, but actually present. Yeah. Because it's easy to be in proximity to people and then off 
uh, doing all the things that are distracting you, but to actually be present. So Marie and I have a softball. I don't even like baseball. Hmm. I don't even like softball. But when we're talking, we'll throw it back and forth. And if you answer your cell phone, you'll lose teeth. Mm. It's awesome. So that idea to actually be present and that playfulness, like just constantly, I would just whatever it takes to engage everybody and and to say, well, wonder what's going to happen next. Yeah. You you talked about at the beginning of that answer. uh, It's not good for kids to be bored. It's not good for young men to be bored or young young adults to be bored Uh, there. One of the questions I had for you when reading your book is. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys who still feel this sense of like they're bored because they they feel like they don't have a purpose in life. They've kind of lost sight of they, they feel purposelessness or they don't know what God's call on their life is. And you actually talk about that in your book, like, you know, stop waiting around for God's call and just do something. Start to love people. Uh, what would you say for the guys who are like, man, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm bored. I'm playing video games. Or I'm working too much. And I'm just coming home and, and just feel bored or purposelessness. Yeah, I would say I would just decide who do you want to be 10 years from now? So you could say I'm 58. So um, say who is Bob when he's 68? And I would say if I had my way 10 years from now, I'd be a grandpa with a nine year old on my lap. (laughs) I'm just waiting for somebody to have a grandkid. So um, so figure out who you want to be and then do things that are consistent with that. It sounds so simple, but I think that is it was sometimes we had these big elaborate plans. I'm having date nights on Tuesdays. I'm doing all this crazy stuff. You just say, I don't know, uh, figure out what you want, uh, do what it takes to get what you want and then, uh, use what you've got right now. Hmm. Um, so instead of saying, well, when I have more free time, or when I have the promotion or if I have a bunch of cash or when the kids are off at college or back from college, just to say, what have I got right now mm-hmm. and use what I've got? And most of us have a fair amount of creativity. And if they don't, they've got you because <laughs> you're a really creative guy. And so, so to say, what have I got right now? And find a couple friends, mm-hmm. uh, like, and I'm not a uh, figure out how you're wired. Like I'm not great at joining things. I must not play well with others, mm-hmm. but I don't want to do the boy scouts. I think it's terrific. Um, if that just do whatever blows your hair back. Uh, unless it's like robbing liquor stores, then I do less of that. But but I would say uh, my boys, they uh, like motorcycles. And so uh, when they were the right age, we bought a bunch of Harleys and we started in Mexico. We drove them all the way to Canada. Here's the deal. We didn't know how to ride Harleys. <laughs> we didn't. We'd never been on a highway before. But by the time we got to San Francisco, we knew how to change gears and everything. It was awesome. So this whole idea to engage, just engage. And we paid like a thousand bucks for these bikes. They're just nothing. So find uh, some of these impediments that we put up. We say, well, I can't because or I can't. I I would just check in on those. Don't be too hard on yourself. We're all amateurs at this, at loving people and leading our kids. Um, But uh, it is a relatively short season. And so I would, one of the outcomes of, being really engaged early is that the kids and I never run out of things to talk about. Mm. We're at the dinner table. We say, remember the time Mm -hmm. that Adam burst into flames as he was (laughs) jumping over that sand dune. Yeah. So the, the, um, and I think it is instructive for our faith too. Like that simple idea that if you want more faith, do more stuff, Yeah. but then find the right stuff to do. But I'd quit waiting for a plan. 
I mean, the only people that have plans in their back pocket are pirates. <laughs> They've got these treasure maps for islands they can't seem to get to. And uh, one of the things that you can do is just get to your family every day. One of the things that for me was among my many uh, uh, flaws was that I was so busy being everywhere else in Mogadishu and like all over the place. Uh, I pulled into the driveway one day and there was a help wanted sign in the front window. Wow. <laughs> and this wasn't sweet Marie Goff telling me she needed help. She was like, buddy, you need help. And uh, it was just a really clarifying moment for me to just say like, wow, I'm doing all these terrific things thinking I'm helping Jesus out. And I think what would really help him is if we just continue to run home to our, our family. Remember the movie Hook? Oh, yeah. And uh, they were having a baseball game, and Peter Panning forgets that he was Peter Pan. He turns into a lawyer like me. And the pirates are trying to get Jack uh, to like them more. And so at the game, they wanted to say home run Jack, but they got it backwards, and it said run home mm. Jack. Uh, those would be the three words I'd say to every one of your listeners, run home, Jack. And I don't even care what your name is. <laughs> yeah, so good. So actually, I had a quick. So how do you one of the things your your readers love about you is that your your kind of your adventurous spirit, your willingness to say yes and live this radical life for Jesus. How do you balance that, like renting Harleys and driving across country with your kids and and also giving your wife some stability, like making <laughs> Uh, as many of our wives long for. This is crazy. I know one of the things that we do uh, is that Marie and I are really picky about what we talk about. So, for instance, uh, last night I was in Phoenix and she didn't know because hmm. uh, we didn't talk about it. It just never came up. Um, uh, the night before I was in uh, Palm Beach, Florida, and we didn't talk about that either. Hmm. Um, so when people ask her, where's Bob? She always says the same thing. He's on his way home because hmm. I always am. I was in Palm Beach. I flew home for supper. It was 10 at night, but we had a late supper. And then I went to the Phoenix thing and I flew home for supper. So we don't try to figure out how to get somewhere because that's super easy. It's figuring out how to get home. Hmm. And then when I go to places that are conflict areas, uh, I just lie. <laughs> and she says, where are you going? And um, if I'm headed to Somalia, I just say Africa. <laughs> I'll be right back. Yep. <laughs> we just flew in. I took a part of this is taking your kids along on the things that you do, whether you have a milk route or uh, plumbing or, you know, make wood fired pizzas. Um, but we, you know, go to some of these areas. So I just bring one of the kids along with me, Richard just came. There's a group of probably 10 or 20,000 people that had been encircled by El Shabaab, mm -hmm. their arm in Somalis called, uh, well, it's Al Qaeda's arm called El Shabaab. And uh, so we took some of the Love Does money and we rented a cargo plane and we flew right over their heads and landed on the sand. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? So that would, would be one of those things. Where are you going? Africa. <laughs> I mean, so we still want people to be anxious, but we spend, here's the cadence in our, uh, in our family. It's nine months of like Mach five hair on fire. Where's the next thing? Like, like just go, 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 go. We'll get an idea. We don't treat it like brain candy. Like there's, uh, a, 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 people are starving in Somali right now. There's mm -hmm. this, 
uh, because of the drought and mm -hmm. all that. So we decided you can ship 44,000 pounds of food in one container. It'll feed 285,000 people. So we just like we could get a million people fed in four containers and then turn the containers into fast food restaurants mm. in Mogadishu. Nobody will gather in restaurants because somebody will drive a truck full of TNT in there. And so people want to like eat, but they don't want to pause for long. <laughs> wow. So I'm like, perfect. So that would be this breeding ground. Just get this idea and then just run with it. Um, but the cadence for us is nine months of that. And then three months, uh, Maria and the kids and I just disappear and go to the end of this inlet in Canada where we have a place and we just, we're just off the grid. We grow our own food. We catch fish in the river. We make our electricity off a glacier. We're just out. There's no cell phones. There's no nothing. So I would say you don't need to do extreme things like that. Find a park. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to do three, uh, you know, three months out of the year. Do it uh, three days out of the month or three hours out of the day or three minutes out of the hour. Mm -hmm. But find something that's accessible instead of saying I'm busy. I would say well, I would find a cadence that seems to work. Man, okay. I could go on a whole another podcast on just the whole like what you just said about you getting away for three months that you just laid out my dream, <laughs> my, my dream. Well, actually, <laughs> you get to kind of decide some of those things, too. I was a partner at a, I think I had 25 other partners at this great big law firm. Mm. And uh, and when my kids were a little taller than trout and they could actually talk and they were actually kind of fun to be around. Right. I told these partners of mine, I'm going to take uh, three months and just spend it with my kids. And they looked at me like I was wearing yellow boots and, and an umbrella. They're like, yeah. we have this sabbatical program. And like after every 10 years, you get like nine minutes off. So I didn't argue with them. But on Monday, I wasn't there. Mm. I came back three months later. It was awesome. They were so ticked. I'm like, whatever, sue me. I, because if you needed dialysis, you'd go get it. You wouldn't wait for permission. You wouldn't push it because you got a meeting. You just get what you need. Get your dialysis when it comes to your kids. Man, that's just, get, so good. just say like that's immovable. And you know what? You'll lose a couple pretty good jobs that way. But what the heck? You'll get your family. You're not going to have to move into a double wide. And if you did, it'll be the best looking double wide anywhere. Yep. And you you said once that the battle for our hearts are fought on the pages of our calendar. Which I think is yeah. what you're getting at, man. Uh, there's so many there guys go. who say, uh, "Yeah, I just don't have time. I don't have time. I, I, I don't, I don't know how to be intentional with my time to kind of lead my family and be present with my family." Um, Isn't that interesting how that worked? That the very first thing in Scripture that uh, God did is make time, mm. and sometimes the last thing we do is make time. <laughs> mm. That would be. I'm like I'm seeing a parallel there, but but you get to just decide. So, for instance, I don't make, you know, I quit something every single Thursday. I just give it the boot and uh, uh, including my own law firm. And two, two years ago, May, I walked into my entire law firm on a Thursday and I said, we're done. <laughs> I took the key off the ring and gave it to a guy and I've never gone back. Wow. I've literally I've been clean and sober on being a lawyer and arguing with people for a couple of years now. And that's what I want to do. I don't want to spend, I've got like so little time. Yeah. I'm not going to spend it just doing the things I'm able to do, trying to do the things I'm made to do. Yep. And it seems like a small difference, but it's an important one to just say, 
uh, you know, I'm able to play the banjo. But if you heard me play the banjo, I wasn't made to play the banjo. And many of the people that are listening are one or two jobs behind who God's turned them into. Mm. So at the time you applied for the job, it sounded great because you wanted to get a house and and it may have been interesting to you, but you've moved on, which is the way it's supposed to work. Mm. We blew up this law firm every year on December 31st for 30 years. Mm. I just said, it's over. It's a one year gig. And, uh, and then it lets me reflect with Marie to say, if I want to do it and with each of the people that are working there, see if they want to do it. Um, and don't do it just because we did it last year. Let's do it because we want to do it again, because it's who God's made us to be, not just all the things we're capable of. Mm. Bob, I know that you like to be out doing more than you like to be talking about doing. So I'm going to let you get back to all the fun stuff that you got going on. Thank you for spending a little bit of time with us. Do you have any parting words for the young dads and husbands uh, who are listening right now? You know, the thing that occurs to me is that how we can, the, the kind of people who are going to take the time to listen to your podcast are usually pretty sensitive, self-aware, go-for-it people. Uh, the ones that's completely oblivious that has no clue, they're not listening to this podcast <laughs> because they're busy doing a bunch of things that actually aren't that meaningful in their lives. Um, and so I would say to those that are listening, man, don't be too hard on yourself. Mm. <laughs> We're all nobody has gone professional at loving their family. I've never seen anybody with like a leather like suit, like these NASCAR drivers with these patches on how like Target has sponsored them because they're such an awesome dad or mom or some. So don't be so too hard on yourself. Like you're gonna have a couple days, things will go right, and a couple days that they won't. Um, but that beautiful thing, and you can look in your past too, that we're either reflections of or reactions to the people that have been closest to us. And so you want your kids to, I want mine to both reflect and react. So my kids are not just like me, but they're just delightfully different. Mm. Will you go be delightfully different from all the other moms and dads you've seen too? So we can get these uh, like little breadcrumbs that we leave behind and there might be something that resonates and totally go with that. But if it doesn't work, man, you're not a winner if you won and you're not a loser if you lost. You're a participant because you tried. Mm. <laughs> Bob, thank you. Thank you for, I know you're a busy man. Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us and give us a few nuggets to think on. Oh, you bet. My pleasure. All right. So long. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>